Welcome to Dish of the Day with Eartha Kitten and Delta Van Dam. Today we'll be serving up a big plate of hot takes on whatever the fuck we want to talk about. You can also unfold it if you need to, like, be super cozy. Nope, I'm just gonna <laughs> wait it on you. <laughs> okay. There we go. Yes. I'll be like at the sleepover. I forgot to give me a blanket. Just <laughs> square. <laughs> I'm asking, just like I feel like I need to put on a blanket so we can be those old ladies back in my day, <laughs> back in my two thousands. Perfect transition. Back in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. When you slept over at a friend's house and they forgot to give you a blanket, you slept with anything that you could find on top of you mm-hmm. so that you wouldn't freeze to death. <laughs> See, yeah, I had a different experience because my parents were strict, so I didn't do a lot of sleepovers. I think I had my first sleepover when I was like 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mine were pretty strict, but not about sleepovers, so I was constantly... Well, they should have been, because in retrospect, the person I stayed the night over at the most, dad was a total meth head. Mm. Like, really bad. (laughs) See, all you're doing is proving to my parents why. (laughs) Because they saw one Dateline special where a girl went to a sleepover and it ended in a very grisly murder, and they were like, not children they will not be sleeping anywhere that we are not ah uh, yes Earth's Earth's dad don't listen to this <laughs> i don't really care i'm an adult i can do what i want but also <laughs> yeah just yeah that was their thing they were like nope Not really. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. No, no, no. not grizzly murders. Mostly early two thousands. Yep. That uh, that side talk will have to be in the the paid content. Right. If we ever get a Patreon, there will be extra content for sure. Doop, doop, doop. So yes, the topic of the day is the early two thousands. All the stuff that we hate. All the stuff that we love. All of the fashion mistakes that were made. Just mm-hmm. just everything about that era. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Because, like, yeah, the early 2000s were my formative years. Mm-hmm. Like, I was fully a child at the beginning and then supposedly an adult at the end of them. <laughs> so, um, I, re- I have vivid memories of the early 2000s. And not all of them are great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like war flashbacks almost. It's like that used to be a thing and that terrifies me. Mm-hmm. So let's start with our appetizer. You had an appetizer you wanted to discuss. I am here to discuss oh, the God. cultural phenomenon that is the Framing Britney Spears New York Times special documentary on Hulu. She's um, gesturing at me with a notebook very violently. Not, I literally just have Framing Britney Spears written in like underlined. <laughs> So I watched this documentary and it was not any information that I didn't already know. But the thing that I took away from it, the the biggest thing that I took away from it is 
Um, I just remember, first of all, I remember Britney Spears starting off as like a cultural phenomenon and I feel like she always has been. But the biggest thing that I took away from this was just what was said in the documentary was like mental health was not something that was being talked about then. And you see in the documentary, everybody's trying to be like, everyone in this documentary to me took on this attitude of like, well, we always knew the media was treating her wrong. And my hot take is that we kind of fed into that. Definitely. We fed into the treatment of this woman because we laughed at the jokes. We read the things. We talked about it at our dinner tables. It was always something like she's quote unquote losing her mind. When in reality, yeah, the media was terrible to her. And Justin Timberlake did not advocate for her after they broke up. He was, for whatever reason, going on this, like, tour with his words where he's just like, yeah, we, she's not a virgin and I did all of this stuff. And it was awful. And all of these people are saying he needs to apologize, which he did. Mm-hmm. And it was a half-assed apology. Of course. It was just... I need to, because the other side of that is that he also did the same thing to Janet Jackson. And people have been mad about Janet Jackson, rightfully so, forever. But that also happened in the 2000s where they, Janet Jackson has not been welcomed back to the Super Bowl since the whole pasty happened. Yeah. But Justin Timberlake performed there and he was able to go on and have his endorsement. He didn't lose any of his endorsements. He won Grammys, you know. Made a lot of money basically appropriating black culture, which is something he'll never uh, say that he did, but he did. And 100%. Janet Jackson was completely shunned for years and still, and had to apologize for that. He didn't. And Britney Spears, like one specific moment in the documentary is Diane Sawyer's interviewing her and Diane Sawyer reads to her this very um, upsetting quote that the first the governor of Maryland's wife said at the time the governor then she said oh I think if I had the chance I would shoot Britney Spears in the face and Diane Sawyer read this to her in an interview that's on TV why would he do that because that's that was the thing was be horrible to Britney Spears it's a thing it's it's an unfortunate thing that was happening a lot in the early 2000s not that this is what the episode is about but it was like take this pop star this person who is supposed to be just making money off of doing what they love, which is performing, and tear them to pieces. Diane Sawyer did the same thing to Whitney Houston in an interview. Mm-hmm. It was that thing of, like, tear them down, not to build them back up, but just to be like, you know, we know that you're not this glossy version of yourself. Yeah. So we want to, like, take that. We want to take that thing away from you. See, I remember it being that bad, but I don't remember it being that bad, you know? I never like, watched the... I watched the interview with Whitney Houston. And as rough as it is to watch now, it was even harder to watch as a child because I didn't understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. I thought she was just being, like, funny and stuck up. But, wow, as an adult, I realized, like, she was struggling to try and not have another media storm surround her and her mm-hmm. family, but Diane Sawyer's picking at her. And a lot of interview people, a lot of people who interviewed people at that time were just like, no, I'm just going to pick at everything they say in the tabloids. Yeah. And I want to say it's gotten better, but I don't know that it has really all that much since the 2000s with the media and shit. I think what's different now, and they kind of touch on it in the documentary, is that you have social media. So you have 
celebrities who are able to weave their own story. Exactly. They let us into as much of their lives as they want to. So now we're able to see them kind of as people, but Mm -hmm. also as working professionals. And so that's what's different. And that was another thing is that Britney Spears presence on Instagram, because there's the whole free Britney movement. Yeah. And her presence on Instagram is what spurned that is because it was so it started to get really cryptic and everything. Mm -hmm. And so there's this whole podcast that did a thing and somebody called into the podcast and was just like, this is what's happening. That's what started the free Britney movement. But her being on Instagram, now she's able to show like, I can still dance. I still love doing silly things with my family. These are my two boys. Um, You know, when she decided not to do her Vegas residency, that's what was on there. So I think that's what's changed. And I think also the the uprising of our generation and the generation after us that is just like, we don't need to watch people struggle because we've all been there. Exactly. Thanks to our upbringing, we we know what struggling is when we see it because Mm -hmm. we, yeah, like that was all what was put on us. We're the last of, hopefully, last of the generation where it's like you work and you work to get a family and you work to get a home and you work to do all this stuff and that's what gives your life worth. That is a terrible way to raise someone is to basically be like everything that you, that could make you worthy, you have to gain. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... I hope with the death of the early 2000s went that mindset where it's like somebody's suffering. Let's just make it even worse. Yeah. I don't think it's a global thing. I don't think it's come become like completely normal not to laugh at someone's suffering. But I think it's becoming more normal to speak up and say, this isn't funny. Yeah. Thank God. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Fuck you. Early 2000s media. Also. Justin Timberlake, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, (laughs) I am from your hometown and I am fucking ashamed of you. Like, what the fuck, dude? What a half-assed shitty apology for all the shit that you did. Hmm. Fuck you. And that's all the way from fucking Millington, Tennessee, sir. Okay. I'm done with that. He's a man of the woods now. Oh, fuck that shit. (laughs) He owns a golf course. Just a huge-ass golf course in Memphis. And it's like, Why? Why? Because why not? I just because I am wealthy, therefore I understand golf. I and need you golf. want me to learn what golf is because you are of your kin that I am from, but I'm going to bring you culture with golf. golf. And Fuck the culture you. is that of I have money, you don't. Fuck you, Justin Timberlake. I remember when you used to eat at fucking Mazio's Pizza, cheapest fucking pizza in Millington, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Suck a dick. Anyway. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> he still goes to Chili's in Millington. He eats at Chili's. There's nowhere else to eat. <laughs> this is the expose. Expose. I when I Justin was- <laughs> Timberlake eats at Chili's. He has no fucking class. When I was in high school, weekend, every weekend, high schoolers would go down to Chili's to try and catch Justin Timberlake in case he happened to be in town. Because he'd always be at Chili's. So... Fuck you and your chili loving ass. I mean, those Southwest egg rolls, what can I say? They're not bad. And but if you can also buy them at Kroger. <laughs> yeah, just buy it yourself. You're rich. You have a golf course. I think he serves, like, Chili's food at his golf course. Probably. <laughs> Probably. He's, like, specifically catered by my favorite place, Chili's. Oh, my God. Fuck you, Justin. <laughs> anyway. With that, uh, speaking of Britney and Justin. Early 2000s. Bing, the bing. fashion. 
Oh God, we're starting with fashion. That denim on denim on denim on denim ensemble. Full denim tuxedo. <laughs> and a tuxedo and a denim corset with yep. a denim maxi denim dress. Skirt, yep, with the denim heels. If I remember. If you don't the know denim what heels. we're talking about, we'll we'll put this on social media, but whew. Yeah. That Fucking. is, if you want to know what the early 2000s were as far as a fashion wasteland, look at that. Because Denim. it was layers. I just remember layers mm-hmm. on layers for no reason. Like a vest with a peasant top with gaucho pants. With three belts. <laughs> <laughs> and a tie as a belt. <laughs> Yes, three belts. Like minimum. a chain link belt, yes. a waist belt, and then like an actual belt yep. to hold up your fucking pants. Because <laughs> they were low-waisted hugger mm. jeans. Right, because this, oh God, yes. Uh, Ooh, it's that, like that Celine Dion song. It's all coming back. That and the Sherpa-lined shit. I had a purse that was suede and Sherpa-lined. With the fucking fake fleece bullshit in it. Oh, man. Those jackets. Mm. I never had the Sherpa stuff, but I was definitely into... Because I remember in middle school and even a little bit of high school, like, what was popular was, like, the Dooney and Burke bags. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, black but colorful lettering. So it's, like, I had a pink Dooney and Burke purse. I had a coach purse, I'm sure, at one point that was multicolored. Mm -hmm. I had, uh... Yeah, it was just, I just remember that, like, for that and the gauchos. I keep going oh, back gauchos. to them, because it's just, what? You had, <laughs> the Capri it, gauchos. You made me flash back to, there was a specific year in middle school where I had gaucho pants and a purse that looked like a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shoe purse. Please tell me there's a picture of the shoe purse somewhere. Somewhere. Oh my somewhere. gosh, I need a picture of the shoe purse. It was a pink shoe purse with like, it looked like a converse bottom, but it was oh a purse. It, the worst flashback of my life. That sounds about right. Yeah. Got a picture of the shoe purse. That is... It was bigger than that, but yes, that is the shoe purse. God. I, oh, yeah, I carried a purse for whatever reason, because I don't understand why I carried purses, because I also had a backpack. I just don't, right? I don't understand why I was carrying a purse and a backpack, but you know, had to be cool. Fashion. Fashion. Um, see, all of my purses were either like knockoffs that I got from New York or Hot Topic Tinkerbell bags. yep. yep. And I don't think I have one here anymore, but yeah, I had a Hot Topic pink Tinkerbell purse that had a bunch of buttons on the back, mm-hmm. and I was so into having those buttons like strategically placed that I put a little Sharpie mark where all of my buttons were, so when <laughs> one got went missing, I went and bought another button to replace it. That's beautiful. And then I had a Tinkerbell messenger bag, because, you know, messenger bags, hey. Oh, I remember messenger bags. Oh, oh my God. What the fuck? Did I think I was a doctor? Like, why am I carrying around a me- I didn't. Messenger bag, backpack, all in one. Like, I, why? What I, were we thinking? I convinced my dad that I needed a messenger bag instead of a backpack because I wanted it so bad because it was black and purple and had Tinkerbell on it. Mm-hmm. I still ended up carrying like 60% of my books because the messenger bag in the bag. maybe two textbooks and a binder. Yeah. 
And there were like pencil places, places for pencils, never used them. All my pencils were always in my purse, which I carried along with the messenger, the messenger bag. bag. Yep. Uh, oh my God. We layered bags. Like our belts. Layers upon layers upon layers. Like the vest. I remember vests and collared shirts. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like a turtleneck sometimes with the vest and jackets. And the, the fucking the hats. Oh, fedoras yeah. and the the, you can thank Alicia Keys for that bullshit. <laughs> she brought the fedoras back because I had a pinstripe fedora that I wore out. Same. Um, I had a fedora, a skinny tie, and a vest that I wore for my band concerts because I wanted to look cool. See, oh. and all of this just pours into, see, that's like early 2000s, and then all that just pours into the later 2000s, mm-hmm. which is the emo phase. There we go. So we have the mesh wrist cuffs with the finger and the finger gloves and the skulls everywhere. 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 The Jack Skellington. Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy. I had an Ed Hardy hair straightener. I still have it somewhere. Man. It was just, it was Ed Hardy. I wanted Ed Hardy so bad and I never got it, but I did have a pair of Converse that had Sailor Jerry which is like another version of Ed Hardy. There you and go. it was it was a deck of cards. It was an ace. It was like, yeah, it was an ace, king, queen, jack on my converse. Nice. And I wish I had like a full picture of them, but yeah. And then, oh yeah, the drawing on your converse, that was a thing. I drew vampire va- fangs. So I drew like a little smiley face with <laughs> vampire fangs. You're gonna love this. I saved up all my money. I couldn't afford converses unless they were like the super cheap one. Mm-hmm. I saved up all my money one year so I could get custom Converses and I made them Sweeney Todd themed. Oh shit! And they were like black and red, like blood red stripes. Oh my god! I fucking loved those things. Looking back, I'm just like, I mean, those were the colors. That's yeah. why, I, like now, if I see like anybody with a red and black like wedding color scheme, mm-hmm. I'm like, ugh, tacky, gross. Stop it. No, <laughs> put it away. Just nope. I yeah, because that was. I mean, Sweeney Todd is a very like time capsule movie because. That was pretty much the pinnacle of the the emo yep. thing coming was yep. like the dark circles. Like Tim Burton was like, "Oh, my time has come." It is here, like because the dark circles, the crazy hair, corsets, mm-hmm. like fucking punk shit, weird obsession with British life. Yeah, just it was a mess. And then, yeah, and I'm trying to think because I was in high school when that whole emo phase was going, so it was like. Yeah, that was pretty much what defined my, like, junior and sophomore year was how more emo could I get. Because I had, like, the side bangs that Mm -hmm. I did not cut myself. My mom actually let me get them. But, yeah, I had the side part with the bangs coming out. I still think about that haircut to this day. I had, yeah. And then when my bangs grew out, I would part my hair on the side and brush it in front of my face enough so that it looked like bangs. That emo-ass haircut. Um... I took lots of black and white pictures from my Facebook. Yep. Um, I, I took pictures on people's crypts. Like I would go into the graveyard and I would sit on the crypt and just take a dumbass photo at like two in the morning. There was something wrong with me. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, me and my friends all went to like parks and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the dark. One time I remember I had stolen a friend of mine's Lincoln Park hoodie. 
And I just have this picture somewhere of us playing in a park in the middle of a rain and thunder and lightning storm. Mind you, there are trees at this park. And we're just playing. It's like, like we can't die. I just remember MySpace and everybody had an album titled Adventures. And it was like you and three other people walking to the gas station <laughs> and going to play in the park. Yes, but, the, but you have to remember it wasn't just the word adventures. That came later. Simplicity came later. Uh-huh. It was adventures, but it started with an asterisk. And then like a little, uh, what do they call the little squiggly line? A tilde. A tilde. And then yeah. it was and maybe even another asterisk. And then like a bar. And then adventures. Adventure with but, a Z. Yeah. And then, or a couple of Zs. Yeah. Or it was adventures, but the A, it's like A, uppercase A, lowercase D, uppercase B, lowercase E. Yeah. Oh, man. With a smiley face at the My end. MySpace. The top eight drama. MySpace. I was an HTML fucking programmer. Man, if I remembered <laughs> half of the shit that I did to make my MySpace, my MySpace froze everybody's computer, yep. but my shit was popping. I had a black and pink background. I had a Fallout Boy song. Mm-hmm. I had 50 million Harry Potter quizzes and Harry Potter gifts. Yep. And what else? Oh, man. And oh, my gosh. Here's a crazy thing that I don't even think I've talked about. When I made my MySpace, mind you, this is in high school. I was definitely not out, but I listed myself as bisexual on MySpace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and told everybody it was a joke. Yep. Me too. <laughs> Me yep. too. I yep. had... And then when I got confronted about it, I did not make it be like, I wasn't like, oh, it was a joke. I like went into full detail as to how I was bisexual, but I was joking. Mm-hmm. That sounds vaguely familiar. Ooh, I'm pretty space. sure I had it the same way. I had like a Sweeney Todd gif background. Mm-hmm. My, my song was Raining Blood by Slayer. Nice. I had a, they used to have a little widget where you could feed an emo. It was like a Tamagotchi, but a little emo pet. I had that on there. You could feed it a cheeseburger because cheeseburgers were a huge thing. Oh, yeah. I can't have cheeseburger. I can't have cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. All your base are belong to us. Yep. Vampire freaks. Oh, my God. I never had one, but I heard many a tale about vampire freaks. Oh, yeah. No, I, know. I know there was a vampire craze, but... Yeah. Oh, the vampire I, shit. I yeah. I I just recently like unpacked my books finally, and I was putting them away. And I have all the Twilight books, obviously. Duh. But then I also have this uh, series called Vampire Kisses. I've never heard of that one. Oh, you can read it if you want. Okay. To. It's it's interesting, and I like. I'm not gonna read it again, but I didn't realize how many of the books I had, so I'm like pulling them out of the box. I'm like, book four. What? Book four, okay, so it's an intense one. I don't even know if it's intense. I just remember my favorite part from one of the books is that they, this girl obviously falls in love with a vampire. Of course. And there's a part in the second one where he has an ex-girlfriend and she's an undead and they're running, they're like running away. She wants to kill his new current mortal girlfriend and whatever. And his girlfriend's like obsessed with death and cemeteries and oh, she's beautiful. goth and all this stuff. I mean, hey, if you all pay me enough money, I'll do a reading of it. But Fuck yeah. there's this part where they're at a 
movie night in a graveyard and they to get away from his girlfriend they walk up to the screen and reenact what's happening on the movie so that she doesn't attack them in public and he bites her but she has blood capsules in her neck so they can drip down so it's just like yeah it's because i think in the i want to say in there she's like lift me bite me and he's like i can't and she's like do it oh my god <laughs> the drama oh man it was ooh, primo like ooh, that is some early 2000s cheese for oh you my god, what a time i think this would be the best time to do a early 2000s picture reveal oh my where we reveal pictures of each other from the early 2000s And we'll do a live reaction. You want to just switch at the same time? Sure. Okay. Okay. Actually, maybe we should go one at a time so that we can record individually. Okay. So who wants to go first? You want to look at mine first? Sure. Okay. So this is from, I want to say 2007. (laughs) Uh, And I'm not going to explain anymore. Anymore. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. This, this. This is early 2000s, for sure. Describe it. I'm trying to think of where to start. Okay, so first of all, Delta definitely has the side part bang oh, haircut. Yes. Oh, yes. And, like, the shoulder-length hair that I remember so vividly. But what I want to focus in on here, <laughs> and I zoomed in, that's why she's laughing, is... The dedication to the dark eyes, because that is a very important part of early 2000s uh, culture, is your dedication to eyeliner. Yes. Nothing else. We did not embrace eyeshadow until like 2012. Nope. It was eyeliner. That was it. There are no trace of eyebrows in this picture <laughs> because we didn't do eyebrows until after 2012 either. Mm-hmm. I have no eyebrows and I look like a fucking raccoon. <laughs> and this is and that was early 2000s. And then of course there's the Black Sabbath t-shirt. I mean there's nothing else, but yeah. if you think I'm done, I'm not because I see trip pants on here. <laughs> Let me just explain to y'all. Trip pants were a thing. And this is the part where I'm like, see, this is the slope you're headed down. You think wearing these baggy clothes from the 90s is just going to make you look cool and hip and vintage. No, it's a slippery slope to these motherfuckers. Let me tell you, (laughs) nobody is bringing these back. I never had a pair of trip pants because they were too. I was like, that is where I draw the fucking line is having pants that don't fit and go jingle jangle. Yep. It was why I would willingly walk around with two chains just dangling at my knees. I was baffling. I have a picture where I'm wearing different trip pants and I stole somebody's license plate Mm -hmm. and went to a park because, you know, adventures with an asterisk and tilde. I love it. Yeah. All right, my turn. Okay, so this picture, if I had to guess, was in... How old am I in this picture? I still have, well, I'm going to say that this picture is also in 2007, but probably early 2007. Yes. Yes. Cool. Yes. Same era. Yeah. Because, yes, it was. Because I'm thinking of the picture it was with and, yep. All right. Here we go. All right. Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So going back to layers, it looks like, and correct me if I'm wrong, button 
down shirt, mm-hmm. hoodie, and then a big fluffy jacket. Well, let me Is just... that correct? <laughs> yes, because I went to a school where you had to wear a collared shirt. I <laughs> so, yes. yep. So it, we got a, a pink hoodie. We got a, I'm not, I'm coming back to the hair. I'm coming back to the hair. We got a pink stripy hoodie and a big fluffy jacket. With fur. With fur. Gotta have that fur. Fur on everything. Mm-hmm. Fur lined everything. Now up to the hair again. Just the swoop. <laughs> the swoop. That is like a classic, <laughs> wonderful swoop. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could zoom in because I want to see these earrings. They are probably a pair of hoops. They look like a, a big pair of hoops or like a little dangly thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Just the classic A1 swoop. Mm-hmm. Perfect. If you want to see another one just for funsies, here's one. And you can see the giant belt action. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And this was these were these two were not far apart, but yeah, there's another one. You got the swoop still. Yep. Got the belt. Is that baggy pants? They they were flare khakis. Aha, uh-huh. flare khakis. Jesus. Yep. Oh my god, these flashbacks. This is yep. Mm-hmm. That was wonderful. Hi. I'm jealous of your hair. Twelve year old me is jealous of your hair. <laughs> It was honestly just me, like, putting my hair... Because I, if I had to guess, this was when I was in my clip phase, so I would put my hair in a ponytail and then clip it up. Mm-hmm. So the hair is clipped up in a ponytail, but the front... But I would, like, take enough and just brush it in the morning and put a little curl on the end and then wear it like that. You all will... You all will see this. You, you will see pictures of this. Just it go is, to our social media. It's a wild ride, the 2000s. But... <laughs> Check out our Instagram at Dish of the Day Podcast if you want to see those pictures. I'm tempted to put an emoji of, over my face, but fuck it. Who cares? It's not like you can identify me. We have grown me. as people. Okay? Yes. We have to embrace. Embrace the know, mistakes. We can't know where we're going if we don't know where we came from. Inspirational words from humble people. beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> we got a hashtag humble beginnings under that now. Yeah. Oh did my we, god. Did we talk about music? Not yet. I was okay. about to say, let's talk about some music. Oh my god, the music. Listen, there oh. there's music and there's music that's like made history and then there's the early 2000s. Oh god, yeah. Which I'm like, I will not listen to any slander against music from the early 2000s from people who weren't there. It was such a... Everything was a bop back then. Like, Jesus it Christ. Was such, like, pop music had this, like, big moment in the mm-hmm. late 90s, but then everything became pop. So it was, like, every song that you think, like, oh, this was just, like, you know, the one good song that came out in 2003. No, all of that shit for us now, we're like, no, this was... This was the time. And I know, like, my parents say that about every single fucking song that came out in the 80s. And I'm like, but you don't understand. Like, those are those are my jams. <laughs> like, yeah, they're all, like, every time I hear a song from the early 2000s, it's like a rush of adrenaline. I'm like, oh, my God, this was my shit. Like, I just remember, like, one, Beyonce. Because mm-hmm. that's when Crazy in Love came out. And that's oh when... Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It came out and that was kind of like what set the tone is like, okay. That was like the beginning of the 2000s. And then, for me, fucking Fall Out Boy came. Oh, God. I, Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco, 
I was like a different person. That was probably my parents' like least favorite phase because they're like, what in the fuck? Pop rock, it does things to people. They were just so confused. They're like, what are they even singing about? <laughs> Well, you you still can't understand Fall Out Boy to this day. I don't know the lyrics. <laughs> I do. You do? Okay. <laughs> because I was obsessed. But, yeah, I... But it was more just they would hear it in my room and they're like, what in the world is even this song about? <laughs> Especially, like, Panic! at the Disco because a lot of theirs is just, like, you know, like, lyrics or whatever. And their first album is just... If you want to look at something and think it wasn't made in the t- early 2000s, look at Panic! at the Disco when they first came out. Mm-hmm. Top hats, eyeliner, vests, circus-themed wedding. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Corsets everywhere. Corset. I wore a corset to the Panic! at the Disco concert. Oh, okay? yes. I was in the shit. Hell, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I was not fucking around with that. I was like, no, I am dressing the part. Um... But then you also had, like, people like Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Fucking Toxic came out in the early 2000s. Toxic was, oh my god, life-changing. A bop is a bop is a bop is a bop. Yep, like, period. I, I still could hear, that could come on right now if clubs were a thing. That could come on right now and I would clear the fucking floor. Yeah, if you think Toxic is not still a bop, just go to any burlesque show. Guarantee at least one person mm-hmm. is going to dance to a cover of Toxic. I mean... Or a drag show. And here's the thing. The postmodern jukebox version of it Toxic is, goes pretty yeah. fucking hard. Like, and it, and it builds and swells so good. Yes. It's just the... It, it's a good uh, song. Free Britney so we can have Toxic live. We want Toxic back. She doesn't want to work, but please... <laughs> I'm going to bring you on the wildest flashback of your life with two words. Is it music related? Yes. Okay. Hollaback girl. Oh! <laughs> you did not. Just... I did. Because, wait, have you? I've told you the Gwen Stefani story, right? No, I don't think so. Gwen Stefani, when she put out Love Angel Music Baby, that was my first concert oh ever. Oh my god, okay. Like, my first concert that wasn't like Disney on Ice. That was Hell my first yeah. concert. So, yes, bitch, I remember. <laughs> and she's another one. Appropriated every fucking culture on that album. Oh, God, yeah. And the Harajuku girls were very problematic. But when that <laughs> shit was out... That was the, sh- the thing. I, I, ha- I still have the CD somewhere in this room. And I, like, those songs will pop on when I'm listening to, like, 2000 stuff on Spotify. And I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. Damn, this was a bop. Mm-hmm. Like... Holla back girl, rich girl, what you waiting for? Luxurious. <laughs> All of these things, they were so. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I had a shirt that says this shit is bananas, and instead of the eye where it was supposed to be, it was a little heart and it said potty mouth. Oh my god, yes. So that's another thing. Yeah, just. Uh, oh man. Mm-hmm. Yep. My flashback song is Hey Ya by Outkast. Mm-hmm. That was my shit. Hey Ya is, it's just. It is what it is. Like, I can it's, still it's on, hear it. it. It's on all those quintessential playlists of, like, songs that make white people excited. Yeah. Writings. I fucking love Hey Ya. I'm not <laughs> afraid to admit it. I have a I, problem. It's not, it's. 
I will listen to it. It's one of those things I heard it so much because in middle school, that was like yep. the song they played at dances for us. And I was like, this has got to end. But now as an adult, I listen to it. And I'm like, what a time, it man. Was a, it was a time. See, my middle school was all country music. So I was tortured endlessly. Middle uh, school was Yeah by Usher. Oh, hey, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say Leave Get Out by JoJo. Get out right now. <laughs> I forgot about that song. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, oh I remember God. that one. And um, and then I, I'm trying to think. See, here's another one that'll give you, like, a really big flashback. Burgalicious. Oh, my God. Not just an adjective. Burgalicious definition. Make them boys go look. <laughs> Oh my god. That is, and it's like people on TikTok now are just like, I'm not feeling Fergalicious. I'm like, man, I really hope you were there because Fergalicious was a thing. That was, that was like life changing when that came out. That was like groundbreaking. Her album is still good because Mm -hmm. that's another one full of bops. Fergalicious. um, My Humps was on there. Mm -hmm. No, My Humps was on the Black Eyed Peas one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Black Eyed Peas, but like Fergalicious, Clumsy. Um, what was the other song that she had on there? Oh, Big Girls Don't Cry. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Just, bops are bops are bops. I'm gonna keep saying it because it was, there was so much different music because you also had that Nora Jones wave. Oh, Nora. Where it was just like, oh. sleepy time. That was my mom's music. Mm. Just Nora Jones. My mom liked Nora Jones and my, when I tell you my mom fucking loved Amy Winehouse mm-hmm. loved Amy Winehouse like I know that woman's discography because my mom was like this is amazing mm-hmm. like loved Amy Winehouse so you had that too that like rise of like that kind of like somewhat sad droopy pop music because you also had like John Mayer oh yeah fathers be good to your dog make it stop make it stop (laughs) my favorite thing about 2000s music is how fucking sexual it was and how young I was singing this shit like was it sexual promiscuous girl I'm in love with a stripper yes oh my god (laughs) I'm in love with With a stripper And I was like, T-Pain had a thing for strippers, though. Good for him for, like, bringing that to the forefront. But T-Pain, like, I think he had, like, four songs and they were about strippers. Yeah. Yeah, because there was I'm in love with the stripper. There was another one. Yeah, he, yeah, he. mm. There was Lollipop. I should not have been singing that. That one. Yeah. yeah, that was towards that was like what 2009. I feel like yeah, because that came out the year I graduated. So yeah, that was like 2009. Yeah, to the window, to the wall. That <laughs> <laughs> should not have been singing that either. Yeah, people. Uh, yeah, when they found out what Skeet Skeet was, they were like, "What? <laughs> I thought that was just a sound." Mm-hmm. Skeet Skeet, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, Skeet Skeet. Damn, <laughs> Oh, uh, see, yeah, yeah, now that you're saying it, I'm like, oh, yeah, we were doing super sexual shit. Super sexual. But I mean, to be fair, I think every generation goes through that thing where they're like, I did not know that, that was, that's what this song was yeah. about because I would definitely like bop along to it. And then you get older and you're like, oh, this is a sex song. This, they're talking about penises. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just. Vi- 
like something about the 2000s like every other popular song was sex related no and like i i don't know if that's that's probably true now i just don't pay attention as much because like back then music was the only culture Mm -hmm. in middle school for me like you had to be aligned with a certain side of music you know i don't know because i just remember i mean I wasn't super into, like, super popular music. I remember, oh, yeah, that was another one, Mariah Carey's album. Oh, yeah. That was another Ooh. one, Bops After Bops. Mm-hmm. Like, but, like, see, I was listening to stuff like that. I wasn't really listening to, like, sexual stuff. One, because I would have gotten in trouble. <laughs> but also, it just wasn't what was on my radar. But now that you're saying this, I'm like, oh, yeah, that did come up. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they were just talking about, you know, sperm or whatever. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I just think of that, and for and again, this will put everybody in a time capsule. The Pirates of the Caribbean music. Oh my god! Yeah, it still plays like in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'll hear that. I'll hear like the score from Lord of the Rings randomly sometimes. Mm-hmm. The yeah, it's yeah. I just that's another thing you can look up. Like, you want to know what the 2000s were about? Frodo and Sam, Jack Sparrow, for whatever goddamn reason. Everybody was in love with Jack Sparrow. Everybody was in love with Johnny Depp. Period. He yeah. kept putting out movies where he was wearing eyeliner, so it's just like... Gotta have that eyeliner. We love him. Why Why should we hate him? He's just so pretty. Because he sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Johnny Depp. Yeah. I hope they don't make him Gomez. I have so many feelings about that. I have I just, feelings, too. I just... Yeah, I feel the same way. I really hope they don't do that. I don't want Tim Burton to do the movie at all. Period. I know it like fits his aesthetic so much, but I'm like, no. I think Tim Burton has had his time, and I think it's now time to let somebody else do a creepy gothic aesthetic version of... Um, this is going to be very controversial, but I remember when Tim Curry was Gomez. Oh, yeah. And that movie is not seen as, like, part of the Adams Family, like, lore mm-hmm. because it was so, like, long after. I loved Tim Curry as Gomez. I don't necessarily like that movie, but I loved Tim Curry as Gomez. Yeah. I was like, this this checks out. Yeah. I just love Adams Family, and I... I have a feeling Tim Burton's just going to get it completely wrong, mm-hmm. you know, because the whole thing about Adam's family is they are dark and spooky, but they're loving and they care about each other. And, you know, it's not just an aesthetic thing to them. That's just how they are. Mm-hmm. And they treat each other well. But like, I don't know what Tim Burton's going to do to it. I don't know. And see what's I don't know. I feel like if he were to go, like, campy with it, maybe it would be okay. Maybe. Maybe. But I just feel like now he would take it to kind of what he did with Sweeney Todd. Just take it to a place that's, like, very, very... Very dark. Very dark. And take away from the original... What people love about the Addams Family. Mm -hmm. He would take all of that and be like, I don't give a shit about this. This is actually my movie. I would love for Danny Elfman to do the score. I yes. think Danny Elfman's version of the Adams Family theme would be... I mean, anything Danny Elfman touches pretty much turns gold, to gold. Yeah. But his version of the score would be a fucking banger. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm like, but don't do it with Tim Burton. Please. Do it with somebody else. Like, his work on his own is good. Like, he did the score to Hitchcock, and Hitchcock is one of my favorite movies because it's so campy and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um it's not stupid. I shouldn't say that. But it is um, 
it's like a campy look at Hitchcock's life and with Elfman's music in there it takes away kind of the grittiness of him making Psycho yeah I just love it um but that being said I'm like no Tim Burton you had your chance the early 2000s were very good for you please give us anyone else who will cast an actual diverse version of the Adams family because quiet as it's kept it's long overdue time for a black morticia I'm just gonna say black morticia we actually need someone that's latinx for Mm. gomez period wasn't um i think raul garcia was though wasn't he yeah yeah yeah. but like not in tim burton's version it would be johnny depp helena bonham carter who knows who would play their creepy kids yeah Yeah. like but he straight up says that poc are not his aesthetic like what the fuck like what and I yeah, used to, sure. and see, it's hard, this, yeah, it's hard because I used to try and defend Tim Burton because I would be like, well, when he was doing Batman, Harvey Dent was going to be black and then they like totally screwed him over. And that's just not even, that's not even a thing. Like he only did that because Billy D. Williams was it. And Billy D. Williams would have been a good Two-Face in my mm-hmm. opinion. But that's also Tim Burton being like, well, look, I did this. How can I not? How can you? How can you be mad? I'm a good person. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck but then shit. he goes and says things like, "It's not my aesthetic." Then why are you making movies? Why are you putting art out into the world that doesn't reflect the world we live in anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't even a thing back in the '90s when you were. It's just nobody was able to say anything because we we're like, "That's what movies are. They're either black or they're white. Why not use the platform you have yeah, to yeah. intersperse them and make them pe- people feel seen?" Oh, this is why I need Burlesque to come back so I don't have to deal with this bullshit I know, anymore. I know. Please come back, Burlesque. Come back. <laughs> come back to us. God. Well, that was a, a long Tim Burton tangent. That started off with music. But back to the early 2000s, Danny Elfman. Woo! Danny Elfman had some good shit. Danny Elfman. I mean, one of the best DSO concerts I went to was Tim Burton and Danny Elfman's music. It was all Danny ah. Elfman's music from the Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm best DSO concert I've ever been to. I was like, just like a little kid and I was just sitting there like by myself like, oh my God, it's the music from Edward Scissorhands. Like, <laughs> and they played clips of the movie. It was like, that sounds lit. It was, I like it. it was beautiful. But that being said, Black I will Tim take Burton. Danny Elfman's music. I can, we can leave Tim Burton in the early 2000s. Although I do enjoy Dark Shadows. Dark now. Shadows <laughs> is good. That is your one pass. And it's still a white one. Wah, wah. Maybe. Oh. Yeah, I feel... Oh, God. I feel like I'm just stuck in a mind fuck right now because all I'm thinking about is, like, all this stuff that happened in the 2000s, like, just, like, pop culture-wise that I just keep going back to that denim on denim on denim on denim suit. Denim. Everywhere. Whew. Denim purses. Denim earrings. Denim hats. Denim hats is where I'm like, why? Why why did we let this be a thing? What 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 were we trying to prove? There was something wrong with us. Oh, the denim shoes? Oh my god, yeah. Oh. The denim patchwork shoes. Uh no. Mm-hmm. They were like Tom's but denim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jelly shoes. Please. Jelly shoes. See y'all again. Y'all think you want the '90s to come you back, don't. but wait until you're suffering in some jelly shoes and oh, you've been God. outside for four hours. Those and your things feet are terrible. <sighs> they hurt. They hurt and they melt. I did not know that part. I don't. They if now. you buy the cheap ones, they can melt. <laughs> like, yep, and they stink when they melt. <laughs> Inflatable furniture was a thing for a while. <laughs> 
why? Ooh. Why would we do this to ourselves? Oh my gosh. The, oh, you are so right. I forgot about that. The chairs, the couches. They were in the movies all the time. I am like literally stuck in the year 2000 right now because I can see this room full of inflatable <laughs> furniture and like... And a see-through phone. Yes. <laughs> and what's sad is I had one of those see-through phones, Same. but it was one that you could clip. It was a clip phone. Oh my God. So you clip it and it had a headset and you could like call and talk on the headset and that was a landline that I had. That is fucking amazing. See-through electronics, Just, period. Yeah, see-through ele- Ooh. Game Boys. Oh, yeah. I didn't have a see-through Game Boy, but I had a see-through phone. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking about cell phones. The Razor. Oh, my God. If you had the Razor, you were hot shit, dude. I never had a Razor, but I did have a sidekick. Hey, there you go. Sidekick. I was, you couldn't tell me shit when I had that <laughs> sidekick. When I would like, you pop it and it just turns open. I'm like, bitch, I got a full keyboard. Oh Fuck you. I had a cheap slider phone. It was literally a square. It mm-hmm. was like this shape and I would slide it for the keyboard. You could throw that thing at a wall, which I did multiple times because I was angst mm-hmm. personified. But you could throw that thing at a wall and it would not dent Anything in that fucking phone. It would dent the wall. It would dent the wall. The phone. <laughs> it was like a fucking Nokia. Mm-hmm. I just remember when those phones came out with the full keyboard, I'm like, that is where I'm at because I hated T9 because oh, I didn't God, get yeah. it at first. Mm-hmm. Now I can like read T9. Like I can still do it on my phone. Like there was this game going around where it's like, if you can read this, because it was like the phone keypad and it was nice. just the numbers. It's like, if you can read this, then you are old. And I'm just like, oh, this is T9. I'm like, oh, wow. See, I miss T9 because I could text in my pocket mm. easier. And then the touch phone, I just can't. Mm-hmm. I miss T9. I miss old cell phones. I'm not going to lie. They came out with a new Razor. Oh, Have my you seen God. It? No. So the front is like a, so it, it's a flip phone still. And nice. the front is like a screen and I'm pretty sure it's a touch screen. And then you flip it and it's a full touch screen. So okay. I'm like, me, I saw the commercial and I'm like, when burlesque comes back, if I need a business phone, I'm getting a razor. Hell yeah. Again, you think you want the early 2000s and 90s to come back, but those razors, you would, could break them mm-hmm. just by looking at them. Mm. Hopefully they're sturdier now. Yeah. Maybe. See, they're going to get, see, wait until the youth get hip to beepers and you don't, <laughs> and you don't have to answer a beeper and somebody could just be like, hey, call me back. And you look at your beeper, you're like, I absolutely will not. You heard and it you, here, folks. <laughs> yeah. Because they had the see-through beepers too. Yep. Yep. You heard it here, folks. We predict that Gen Z will be all over beepers. Because you don't have to interact. And what do we hate? Socialization. Yeah. Because what are we? traumatized. Beepers are coming back. They're coming people. back and they're going to have to put in your code. If it's an emergency you got to put star 374 mm-hmm. before you put your return number. Like, y'all are going to love that shit. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, beepers. Do we have a sweet spot from the 2000s? I do. The My sweet spot from the early 2000s for me is that the early 2000s is when I realized I loved musicals. Mm-hmm. because Chicago came out and Rent came out and that's when I started going to the movies like by myself and I could see all the musicals that I wanted to so I saw pretty much every movie musical that came out besides like Phantom of the Opera when it came out and 
that that's my sweet spot is that because of those formative years that's where I found out like I really love this and for whatever reason this speaks to me so that's why like that's another reason why I didn't really catch all the sexual innuendos of music because I was listening to musicals which had sexual stuff in it but nobody else was listening to that like my friends were but it wasn't mainstream mm -hmm. so my sweet spot is the resurgence of moving musicals that happened in the early 2000s because it, that was my like gateway into the world that is musical theater and it has not left me since there you go I think my sweet spot was candy back in the day mm, like, literal sweets literal sweets like candy is not anywhere near as fun as it was in the early 2000s because candy makers were like i don't give a fuck i will try anything like baby bottle pops so fucking weird so fucking good <laughs> yeah it was a sucker and a dip powder yeah and you had to shake it to like you and had you to twist off the top suck it turn dip it, it turn it upside down shake it mm -hmm. and then lick it again it was like fun dip but way more complicated and you looked like an idiot because you had a baby bottle in your mouth yeah <laughs> i miss those though push pops fucking wonder balls i don't know who the fuck was on drugs and came up with wonder balls let's have let's a chocolate a ball <laughs> with sour candy in the middle and a toy and a sticker yeah you had to be on drugs but it was it was just so fun like, candy was weird. Mm -hmm. We had candy cigarettes, gum band-aids, gum cigars. Yeah, you were telling me about those gum band-aids, and I'm just like, I don't think this is a real thing. And then research person was like, nope, this it, is real. It definitely was. Mm -hmm. And looking back, that's kind of gross. Why would you want a band-aid-shaped piece of gum? I wouldn't know. Didn't eat them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, mm -hmm. it had a cool metal tin, so that was the reason I got it. But fucking... Mm -hmm candy cream savers uh yes cream savers can come back anytime please mm -hmm. strawberry and cream cream savers that specifically all is right. my sweet spot all right well i am delta van dam i'm eartha kitten and we hope you enjoyed our show and have something good to eat taste of your lips like to get in contact with dish of the day you can email us at dish of the day podcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash dish of the day podcast we are also on instagram at dish of the day podcast and our cover art was made by gabriella zaratka you can also follow on instagram at windcriesgabby that's w-i-n-d-c-r-i-e-s-g-a-b-i Been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.